Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Those accolades are amazing, but what's more amazing is the fact that the world is starting to become more inclusive. The world is starting to accept us and demand us and let us be ourselves. That was a clip from my interview with the amazing Ravi Roth, and I'm always so inspired and motivated by people who get out there and make a difference with their work. They're part of the change, part of the solution, bringing awareness, helping people, making an impact, doing it while you're traveling. What an awesome thing. And if you're somebody who considers yourself a conscious traveler, I guess I'd say if you want to put a label on it or you have to. Somebody who is interested in exploring different perspectives. You want to have a better understanding of different cultures. Well, Ravi explores queer culture around the world. He talks about in this interview some of the travel safety issues that LGBTQ plus travelers may face and gives some credible tips around that. He shares some of his most surprising destinations Talks about some of the world's best festivals, best places to visit, some incredible travel tips along the way. How he kickstarted his career as a creator, doing work that matters. We talk about some of those local connections you make as well and how those can be life changing and the power of listening instead of asking questions. And he shared what may be the best advice I've ever heard when I asked him when you're 90 years old, you're looking back on your life, what will matter to you most? And his answer was perfect. When I heard it, it just, it hit me so hard. And I'm not sure if I can actually come up with a better answer to that question. So you're going to get all that and much more in today's interview. Plus, I'm going to share with you a bit of a funny story around why I had to pay for an extra suitcase and check an extra suitcase on my way back over here. And the big mistake I made because I want you to avoid this one. So it's all happening now. Yeah, right now. Let's do this. Are you ready? Are you ready to do this? I'm ready to do this. Let's go. Buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. Now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. 
Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out. Letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire. No matter what your situation or experience, I am popped up on chocolate right now, which ties in with my suitcase story, actually. I, I mentioned at the top, we're not going to get into that quite yet. I want to check in with you first. How are you doing, my friend? Seriously, let me know. I love to make this a two-way conversation. You can always drop me a line. Jason at ZeroToTravel.com is my email, or you can leave me a voice message. It's very simple. You just click on the link in the show notes. You can leave a 90-second or less message. You don't have to sign up or do anything. You just click a button and leave a message. In fact, I just got one from a listener, and well, I got to tell you, it was the perfect message because she's got a lot of exciting travel possibilities ahead. I'm throwing out some bad puns because I want you to try to guess what this is about and who this person is traveling with. And she's got some tales to tell, I'm sure. So there is another little hint for you. We'll be sharing that shout out in just a moment. Of course, we've got the interview today with Ravi Roth, and I am always just so inspired by people that are able to get out there, travel, make a living doing something they love, create something out of nothing, like some of these incredible shows he's created, and also find a way to make your dent in the universe, right? I loved our conversation, and I hope you enjoy listening into it as well. Now, let me give a quick shout out to somebody in this community, this lovely listening community, Colleen, who left me a voicemail. I love when people do that. Please, let me hear from you. Anyway, <laughs> she left me a voicemail and told me about the traveling she has coming up, and I want to play that for you. So here, have a quick listen. Hi, my name is Colleen Chapman. Um, I've been listening to your podcast and I just love it. You do a wonderful job. Um, I am transitioning right now to full-time travel and it's a little bit of a complicated story, but I did quit my golden handcuff job in pharmaceutical sales. I was in it for over 20 years and decided I needed to do something different, but I'm also a children's book author. I've written two children's books. Um, the series is called The Traveling Kittens. They're based on my two real cats. Um, anyway, we are traveling. I'm going to travel with my two cats across the United States. I'm leaving next Tuesday, the 7th of September, um, going all the way over to Maine. I have plans through the first weekend of October. And then after that, who knows? We'll see how it goes. Thanks. Congratulations, Colleen. 20 years in pharmaceutical sales. Knocked off those golden handcuffs. You must have picked the lock or something with a golden key. I don't know. <laughs> now taking off with your cats to travel full-time. By the way, I looked up those cats' names, and they are Buffy and Sissy. So <laughs> you're going to see Colleen, Buffy, and Sissy out there on the road somewhere. If you do, say hello. Say what's up. And I'm sure things will go smooth, and there won't be any catastrophes. <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> All right. I love to highlight people in the community. So there you go. Let me highlight you. Get in touch. Let me know what your story is or just say hi. You know how to get, you know how to do it. I've already said it multiple times. Let's get into the interview now. I'm going to leave 
my uh, little luggage story for the back end. We'll leave you with a quote as well, some thoughts on the show and all that good stuff. So stick around after the interview for that. And I will see you on the other side, my friend. What part of New York do you live? I'm in Manhattan. I live in Chelsea. Okay. Yeah. How long have you been there? Uh, I've been in Chelsea for about a year, but I've been in Manhattan for about 15. I feel like with New York, you know, some people go and they have the New York experience for a few years and they're just like, oh, it was enough. And now I'm going to leave before it makes me too hard, you know? And others are like, you know, I'm, I'm in it to win it with New York City. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> in it to win it. In it to win it. Nice. Yeah. Well, I... Uh, do have the pleasure of being on the line here with Ravi Roth. He has trekked the globe to 32 countries, fearlessly diving into queer culture as a vlogger, YouTuber, speaker, travel writer, and influencer. Ravi has been branded as an expert in the queer travel community with his travel series, Ravi Around the World. Check out his work at ravirounttheworld.com. Of course, we'll link up to that in the show notes and any other links you see here or hear here. Ravi, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me, Jason. Yeah, so I I was on your Facebook before uh, when I was doing some research on this interview, and I saw a post you put up, and I I just want to read a snippet from it, if that's okay. You said, if I could only tell my 14-year-old closeted awkward self that I would be on people talking about a show that I created from scratch, a show about being queer without fear, a show that would take me around the globe uncovering what pride means and how each city is vastly different, a show about the importance of celebrating and fearlessly capturing the joy, mission, and hardships around being queer. And, you know, some thanks to the team that helped make that happen. And I'm just wondering, you know, what what would your 14-year-old self have told you <laughs> back? <laughs> Wow. Um, I think my 14 year old self would have said, I don't believe you. You know, I grew up in a, in a, in a town. I just actually came back from there last night, a small town outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, you know, there was no queer role models growing up. I didn't know that I was eventually going to become a travel host, let alone an actor, let alone someone that lives in New York City that can actually somewhat afford living in New York City. So it, um, I think the 14-year-old self would say, I don't believe you, but I want to. And maybe thank you. Um, you know, I think a lot of queer kids got bullied. A lot of queer kids were misfits, didn't really find their way. Um, you know, we grew up in a society where we were told that we were not normal, where we were told we were less than. And to be able to create a series around the world where we can be more than, where we are enough, where we are valid and we celebrate and we protest and we want better. I think that is like, that's the coolest part for me. Yes. Getting on people was amazing. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, I was just in outside of Scranton and I was on the cover of the Scranton Times. Like, yeah, those accolades are amazing. But what's more amazing is the fact that the world is starting to become more inclusive. The world is starting to accept us and demand us and um, let us be ourselves. Yeah, I, I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so I'm oh, cool. from Pennsylvania as well. Yeah, small town Pennsylvania is not the most liberal of places, all the no, time. No, 
how many years was it? I mean, it's hard to quantify in years, but I just want to learn a little bit more about your journey coming out of small town Pennsylvania and basically stepping into yourself and who you are and all the work you're doing right now. I imagine that was a bit of a process for you. What was that like? Well, like, just kind of tell us about your life a little bit during that time. So, as I said, growing up, grew up in small town out of Scranton called Dalton. It was basically the movie Varsity Blues where football ruled the school. And of course, I was not in football. I was the actor and I did the plays. And, you know, I kind of found my my tribe there. And then I realized in high school that you can actually study musical theater in college and you could have a career on Broadway. So I was like, score, I want to do that. Um, great transition city to New York was Boston. And I went to college in Boston for musical theater to one of the top programs, the Boston Conservatory, and uh, finished school, came to New York, was going to make it on the Broadway, realized that was incredibly difficult, incredibly hard, and tons of rejection. But I got lucky early on, and I got a show about a year after being in the in the city. I did the show Alter Boys, where I got to play the awkward Jew named Abraham, and I went on tour with it first, and then I did it a sit down production in New York and I closed the show for two years. So that was cool. But then it was like, what do I do next? And what's my next gig? And um, I never traveled at this point. I was 25 years old, never left the country. And at 25, I went on a trip with my ex and we went to London, Paris, Barcelona. And I, my brother, my brother Yogi was a huge a huge traveler. And he said, I should journal. No, I never journaled. So he said, I should videotape my, my experiences. So I took my cell phone and, uh, no, no microphone, obviously no idea what I'm doing. And I'm videotaping vertically. So you put it on YouTube and you have the two black spaces on the sides. And I was basically an idiot abroad and videotaped our entire experience. And then I came back to New York, showed my talent manager, Jeremy Katz, who said, this is funny. You could have a travel show. And I was like, Jeremy, I know nothing about travel. Like I can't have a travel show. And then I, as I was in his office, I got this phone call that kind of changed the game. And it was one of my best friends who invited me to go to the white house correspondence dinner. And I got to travel to Washington DC during the Obama presidency on a private jet and experienced the white house correspondence dinner meeting all of these celebrities. And it was crazy. And I was videotaping the whole thing sideways horizontally and <laughs> that part out <laughs> right and then I, of course I, I came back on a greyhound bus so i got the full experience All right. that's <laughs> awesome talk about two extremes yeah and so then i, I came back and put together a reel <laughs> it was pretty bad still but i was able to get a trip out of that and then another trip out of that and another trip out of that and then i started going to conferences and I started getting notoriety. And then I met a, a woman named Anna Garwood from the Travel Channel who said, you know, you've got some star quality, but your format is all over the place. You're using all of the fonts. <laughs> I know you like the fonts, but they're too much. And so let me like take you under my wing. And um, that's kind of the last few years. And we developed a new show. I went to Barcelona. And then 32 countries later, the world shut down. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of the journey of how I got from Pennsylvania, through Boston, through New York, from acting, transitioning to travel hosting, and, and here we are. I mean, there are a lot of different 
types of entertainment you could have pursued, right? And travel sounds like some of that happened organically, but also there must have been some attraction for you to travel. I mean, what is it specifically about travel? Because it, not everybody wants to go out on the road all the time and put themselves out there in that way. I mean, what is it that you get out of travel personally? For me, it's about the the connection with the locals. In my new series, Robbie's Road to Pride, and in my other series that I have on my Robbie Around the World show, I I talk to the locals. I talk to people on the street. It's really it's very much like a Billy on the Street type of of show, um, with a little Anthony Bourdain and Samantha Brown. So like I I really I have a passion for travel, but my passion for travel is learning about each destination from the people who actually live in these cities. And so I interview them. I find out about their favorite spots. They take me to their favorite spots. I learn from people on the street, from people in cafes, from people at career bars, from people at restaurants, from hotels about the culture. And that's what fascinates me the most about traveling. And that's what lights me up. And that's what makes every, you know, people always say, what's your favorite country? But my favorite country, I mean, there's so many parts that make up a country, you know, there's so many states in America. And then there's also so many cities in all of the states and every city is completely different. So it's, that's what lights me up. And that's what fascinates me about travel is really getting into that local experience. I promise I won't ask you what your favorite country is. Because it's just an unfair question. I can't say when people ask me that. But I, I do have a little best segment I'm going to go through later with you. Some best ofs. But let's talk about Ravi's Road to Pride. Which, by the way, may have one of the catchiest sort of hooky themes I've ever... Did you make Ravi's Road to Pride? I, I just... It's stuck in my head. <laughs> well, my, fr- my friend Jake Primerman, he does all of my jingles. Yeah, we were okay. actually on tour on the Broadway show White Christmas together. And coming off of that tour, I was like, I need a theme song. And he said, I'll write it. And so we've just been in touch over the years. And every time I'm like, I have a new show, I'm like, can you do the theme song? Yeah. Well, I just wanted to give him some props there. You can tell him he got a shout out here. Can you talk about that project, Ravi's Road to Pride, and, and what it taught you? Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to be doing it as of... April 15th. My birthday is the 19th. Um, I had no idea that I was going to be doing this project. I was just coming off of shooting season one of the Gaycation Travel Show, and I was hosting that. And it was amazing. And it was coming to a close. And I was kind of in that limbo of like, what's next? And I've always wanted to do a show around Pride. I've always wanted to, you know, get sponsored to do a show around Pride by a brand, by a destination, by an airline, by something. And this year I was like, you know what? I haven't YouTubed in a year because I was doing the vacation travel show and the world was closed. And I said, I'm just going to do this because I love doing this. And I want to try to go to as many prides as possible. And I have an, I have an awesome team of people that I'm surrounded by. And we kind of brainstormed. I knew that I was going to do New York City Pride. I knew that Brooklyn had its own pride. So why not start with that and see how it goes? And then I got invited to go out to Columbus, Ohio for their small town Franklinton pride. And that same week I got invited to go to do the first ever pride in the skies with Alaska airlines. So at this point I had four in the, in the bag. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to also try to make it to world pride in Copenhagen and, and see where the season goes. And it's been incredible because every city 
every city's pride has a mission and every city's pride is completely different. So my first pride that I actually did was the tri-state black pride down in Memphis, Tennessee. It was about 250 people bringing people from the three surrounding states of Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, and a few others. And they all came together to celebrate being black, being proud, being loud, being themselves, being authentic during Juneteenth weekend. And it was amazing to be there as someone who, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my stories that I've told on YouTube have centered around me because you're a YouTuber center themselves. It's because it's their own YouTube channel. But this series, I wanted to share the stories of other people, share the stories of marginalized folks, share the stories of people in the queer community that might not always get the spotlight, and share the stories of these destinations and their missions. So the Tri-State Black Pride was so beautiful because it was about music, but it was also about education. Every day they had educational seminars. The HIV epidemic is still huge in the Black community and especially in the Black trans community. And they had seminars during the day talking about safe sex, talking about getting on prep, talking about the rise in Crystal Matthews in the Black community. And it was it was a really you know, beautiful moment to see that, okay, this pride has an educational element, whereas New York City's pride has the mad protest. Pride began in New York City. So it's a really big protest, really big party. Brooklyn, all about family, family pride. And then I got to go out to do the Alaska Airlines Pride in the Sky. And that was a total game changer because they, Alaska Airlines has a rainbow plane that is going to exist for 365 days. So that's, you know, my mission behind Robbie's Road to Pride was let's not just celebrate pride during June. Let's celebrate pride all year round. And what better way to do that than on a rainbow plane? And this plane stopped at four cities along the West Coast. And each city we had a pride party. A pride party at an airport. There were regular passengers that didn't know that it was a pride plane that were so in it. It was so inclusive. It was so fun. And, you know, that was another moment. That was another personal moment of like, wow, if my younger self could see that I was on this plane. And then I just got back from World Pride. And that was in Copenhagen, Denmark, and Malmo, Sweden. And the royal princess, Mary, was the first person in the royal family to be as actively involved in a pride in the world. And... She did, she did a couple different ceremonies, um, a couple different speeches, and she closed, she closed the show. And it was amazing. The prime minister spoke. Diplomats from all over the world came together for a human rights conference to learn about how we can universally solve issues across the board. There were parties, like crazy parties on the street. I mean, it was just so cool. So I've been back for about a week, but... I think it's, you know, it's constantly evolving. And that's the thing with Rob, with Robbie's Road to Pride. It's not just going to be a five episode series or a six episode series. It's going all year. It might be season one. will end probably this year. And then next year I'll start it up again. Well, you know, thankfully there's a lot to explore out there when it comes to pride. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday. 
in Norway. Not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now, back to the show. Has the experience so far changed your personal relationship with pride? Well, that's an interesting question because what you know, the question I ask everyone always is, what does pride mean to you? And right. sometimes I'm I'm in a destination and I'm like, well, Ravi, what does it mean to you? And and for me, it's constantly changing and constantly evolving. I think pride is something that you experience every day. Pride is something like I had an experience the other day, totally random. I was at a I was at a queer bar in New York City. I was outside and I met this like really gorgeous man. We totally hit it off. And then an older gay man walked out of the bar. He started walking down the street. And this guy that I was with goes, ew, what is he wearing? Ugh, he's so gross. And I just looked at him and I was like, are you serious? Like, he paved the way for us. And he had no idea what I was talking about. He's like, he didn't pave anything for me. I made my own way. And I'm like, no, that generation paved the way for us to be able to be ourselves. Like, how, how dare you just, like, rip on a guy's clothes? So I think pride is, like, that pride is checking people, checking people at their privilege, checking people when they, you know, don't realize that we can be ourselves and wear our rainbow flags and dress how we want and use our, you know, whatever pronouns you want to use because people fought for us to exist. So that's where I'm at right now with what does pride mean? (laughs) It definitely changes it definitely changes, you know, through each experience that I go on. So 
every city that I, that I'm at, I leave and I'm changed in a way. I can't pinpoint it exactly at the time, but that I, I take some time to digest and, you know, just being in, being at world pride, like that was the world, that was the culmination of all of the prides. So that definitely made me feel really good and, and know that there's still a lot more work to do. Hmm. Sometimes something happens and it's almost an instant perspective change. You know, you're just like, well, whether it's a connection with somebody or something you see or, or, or whatever. And sometimes, like you just said, it's, it's unclear what the lessons are, you know, till maybe sometimes years later <laughs> and it start it's shaping you in some way you don't even know in real time. And, and it's hard to know what those ways are until you reflect back and start to kind of take it all in. I wanted to ask you about safe travel, I guess, in the queer community, you know, and I know everybody's got their own individual risk tolerance or perceived risk tolerance, whatever you want to call it. Um, I imagine some people that are gay might not want to go to certain countries and they just avoid them altogether because they know they're not gay friendly. Others, they don't mind or, and they're just going to read up on it. I'm just curious, what is your advice around gay travel when it comes to that? And I hate to even say, you know, because it's so easy to kind of put a blanket statement or identity on a country. Oh, it's this way. It's that way. Avoid it. Don't avoid it. But there's obviously nuance there. And in certain countries, there's not much nuance. It's just like, <laughs> don't go. I'm just wondering how you, what kind of advice you have and how you handle that personally. Sure. I think each of us knows our own risk tolerance. So don't ever do anything that will put your life at jeopardy. And I say that because there are 70 countries where homosexuality is still illegal. 32 countries where being gay is punishable by death, by death. So you really need to be careful and safe when you do travel. There are plenty of resources. IGLTA.org, the International Gay and Lesbian Travel Association, has a, a lot of information and resources for when you do travel. So make sure you don't, you know, make sure you do your homework before you go somewhere. That's number one. Number two, I'm a white, cis, gay man. So I can wear a hoodie, baggy pants. I don't have to wear rainbows and I won't get looked at twice. For black and brown people, for trans people, there's a lot that goes into travel from the TSA patting you down to getting profiled in a destination there's a lot that you can put yourself at risk for. So I just would say, be mindful and be careful when you are traveling. As you said, there are some places where it is like a no brainer, like don't go there or go there. But for me, I want to be able to go to as many places as possible without obviously getting killed and be able to share all of the stories, all of the prides, you know, gay people exist everywhere. Queer people exist everywhere. And so my mission is to tell and share those stories of the folks that might not be able to use their social media because their country might not have social media. They might not be able to use their voice because their family would, you know, exile them. Everyone's situation, everyone's story is completely different. So just when you, 
when you do travel, just make sure that safety is number one. Research is number two. And if you do decide to go somewhere where being gay is illegal, make sure you link up with a tour guide or an agent, a travel agent, someone on the ground. Always know where the U.S. embassy is in each in each place, in each city or destination that you go to and know what you're legally what you can and cannot do. And if you do get into trouble, you know, just get, get all your bases covered. That's my advice. Obviously, you, you explore queer culture around the world. What are some of your more surprising discoveries during your exploration? I'd say that I was really surprised by Istanbul. Istanbul now is a different situation, but when I went there about seven years ago, the queer culture was all underground. So Google listed seven queer spots. Four of the seven didn't exist. Two of the seven had the wrong address on Google. So there was one queer bar and that was upstairs in an apartment building. Wasn't sure what that was going to be like, but that's where I learned about the queer nightlife. That's where I learned about acceptance. You know, it's not accepted. It's not condoned. Be safe. It's the most liberal Muslim place in the world. But at the same time, you will get looks. You might get names called. If you're in same sex, you can't bring someone into your hotel unless they're registered to come up. Um, If they're the opposite sex, they can come up. So, you know, there's a lot more work to be done in a place like that. But I was blown away by by the inclusivity that I did see when I was there seven years ago. So I'd say Istanbul was the most surprising. And in the United States, I'm going to have to go with Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Have you Cedar been there? Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Yeah. yeah a there? long time ago. I can't really? think of, I can't remember what it looks like. Actually, I can get a mental picture in my head, but yes. Well, it's not the most like, um, you know, there's a couple of buildings, <laughs> but I'd have a lot to of say cornfields, right? But a lot of cornfields, <laughs> a lot of great wine as well. But every single place I went to, there was a queer person working there. I don't know if they like specifically set that up, but even so, it was so cool. Like every museum, every restaurant, every bar. Well, there's one queer bar, and that's in, it's inside of an old McDonald's. It was really kitschy and really cute, but. Just the acceptance there, like you don't have to have the queer bar spaces to exist. The community exists everywhere. So that was that was beautiful to see in the United States. So I'd say Istanbul and Cedar Rapids are my two most surprising places. Nice. Cedar Rapids is a good obscure Midwestern reference too, right? I mean, I don't think I've ever talked about Cedar Rapids on the on the podcast. All right, this is always I feel like a struggle for a lot of creators and and you're in video world, right? I'm not sure if you're shooting a lot of the stuff yourself. It's just uh sometimes I find it can be tricky in my experience and just through other conversations to balance the taking in the travel experience for yourself as a traveler for your own personal enjoyment versus putting everything through this lens of, oh, this would make a great story. Oh, I got to get this person on camera. Oh, this would be sick. I got to turn, you know, I was going to take the night off, but now I met so-and-so and and we're going to go here. So I got to shoot this and kind of losing the balance between work and travel. Has that ever happened to you? (laughs) I mean, this is like a constant question I ever get, right? It's always, people are always asking me that or asking me like, 
well, can't you just enjoy the, enjoy the lunch instead of like boomeranging your spaghetti (laughs) or like, do you really have to like get capture this? But that's my job, right? That's my job. If you're a stockbroker, like you're going to be like doing the stock exchange at eight 30 in the morning and making the calls and doing the thing. And the other, you know, you, you can't like be a stockbroker without having a phone. Um, it's a terrible analogy, but like, it's, it's my job and it's my passion and it's my love. Like I'm, I'm able to tell these stories through a camera, through a cell phone, sometimes through a crew that follows me around, which I loved not having. That's ideal, right? They don't have to do the ideal stuff, right? (laughs) But then again, when, when a crew is following me around, then it's like, it almost becomes a little less personal in a way because it's like, Oh, I got, now I got like lots of people in my space as opposed to just me, my stick and my camera i've just been doing it for so long that i can't imagine going on a trip and 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 just not not documenting it and i document it for reasons i document it for storytelling i document it to give people um resources like where to go out to eat where to what cafes or what queer spaces what safe spaces what fun sites to do what what are fun things to do outside the box so if i can't document it No, you know, I can talk about it, sure, but people are going to want to see it. So I'd say that, yes, it sometimes can be a little challenging and a little, I'd say a little bit more like annoying um, to have to do that all the time everywhere. But at the same time, it's, it's great for content and it's great for telling these stories. Yeah. And it furthers your overall mission, right? To tell, to tell the stories. What makes a good story? You know, how, how do you curate on site when you're making decisions? <laughs> Sometimes that's really hard. Sometimes like I'm in a situation and I really have no clue what the final story is going to be. I sometimes trust my gut. I sometimes wait until I get home. And then when I'm home, I look through everything and figure out what the storyline is, but I have this, like, it's like this, um, sixth sense. I have this like inner, inner child that just knows when something is going to be going to be the story or going to be the, the it thing. I just know, I know when I'm shooting and then I know when I come back and I relook at everything, I'm like that moment I remember. So I can't really pinpoint. I can't really tell you. I, I'd have to say that like, sometimes like I have no clue until I get home and I'm like, Oh, that's the story. That's the angle. Shooting for Robbie's road to pride has been really interesting because I, it's not really a necessarily a travel vlog of the experience. I do a little bit of shooting of the city stuff and talking about the history and and the culture before I get into the meat of the pride day itself. So that's different, a little bit less pressure to capture like the whole travel vlog of the city. But then it's like, I have to make sure I get like, you know, you always want that ebb and flow. You want those peaks, you want the valleys, you want to have the moments where that really like stands out. And I'm like, Oh God, did I get that somber moment in this video that's really gonna be able to like hook the crowd in? And I always do. I always figure out a way to get it, but it didn't necessarily I, I sometimes don't know on the spot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's refreshing for anybody listening that wants to create to hear something of people that do this professionally, like Ravi here. I mean, you know, they're not all they don't always know exactly where things are gonna go. It's some of this stuff's just happening. You can only plan so much out, especially when it comes to travel, right? And people you're going to meet, you don't know who you're going to meet. 
<laughs> what are some of your more memorable sort of off-camera connections or experiences? You know, I've had a lot. I've had a lot of things that I don't because I don't. It's not like I capture every single thing that I that I right. that I get because people but, can find the on-camera stuff and you can you can get a sense of the connection watching. You know, but I'd say like I so I was just at at World Pride and. There's a couple moments that happened just recently, but I was just at World Pride and I was at a reception at Tiverly Gardens, which is the theme park that inspired Walt Disney to make Disney World. Fun fact. Great, great little park. Um, And we were having a reception for, you know, World Pride. And we're in the park and this woman comes up to me and you know, I haven't really gotten like many of like the, oh my God, are you Robbie around the world moments? But she was like, I know you, I need to get a photo with you. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like it was like a cute little moment. But she said, I'm from Poland and my son is trans and we are not, we are not valid there. And so by following you, we, we learn where we can be valid. And that was just like this moment of, yes, it was great to hear. Sure. Pat on the back. Like, I guess I'm doing something right. But it was a moment also of like, you, we've heard of Poland stripping the rights of people in the LGBTQI community. We've heard the horror stories of being trans existing in the world anywhere, let alone in Poland. And so it was just like that. That was just a really special moment of, you know, the whole, the whole campaign of world pride is hashtag you are included. And it was just a really amazing moment to, to meet the mother of a child that just had so much love for her child that wanted her child to know that they exist. And I'd say another moment was when I was in Malmo. So the pride happened in both Copenhagen and Malmo. And then on the Malmo side, um, I had this driver who was fascinating and was telling me about um, all of the amazing work that this person did. And then at the end of our day, we all went to this hotel bar and we're sitting down having drinks. And this person starts telling me about their life. And, you know, I know the cisgender gay man experience. So looking at this person, I thought, you know, other cis gay man, maybe we'll end up like making out tonight or something. And so I was like, we know what kind of guys are you into? And he, you know, tells me that he's trans, that he's, you know, into lesbians. And it was just like this moment of like, what, what? But it was a moment also of like, they were wearing a dress and they looked beautiful it was just a moment of like, this is such like, this is bigger than the gay man's experience. This is bigger than the lesbian experience. This is the umbrella, the mafia umbrella and the queer community. And so I was just sitting there, you know, listening instead of being the person that's always talking and interviewing, I was just listening and just hearing their experiences and hearing how they feel valid in Sweden and how they don't get second looks for dressing how they want, for identifying how they want. So that was really, that was really fascinating. You know, I, I heard a lot of protests also when I was in Sweden that I didn't capture on, on the good old camera of wanting to feel valid. You know, it's, it's called the LGBTQIA+. 
plus community. There's lots of different acronyms. There's lots of different ways that it's, that it's spelled out, but the A is asexual. And I've never, I never hear about asexual experiences. And I got to hear about asexual person saying that they don't feel like they're included. They don't feel like they are valid because no one ever really does anything for the asexual community. They always say, maybe you just haven't found the right person yet. You know, so if there's a lot more work to be done and a lot of things that I hear off camera that I can hopefully store somewhere in my brain (laughs) and be able to write that into my overall piece. We'll be back right after this. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day? I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press. But I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago, and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever zero to travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me, Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Let's get back to the show. Something that's come up a couple times just through our conversation is, you know, this phrase of there's more work to be done. These certain places around the world or, or, you know, when it comes to the stuff that you're putting together and representing certain people. I would just love to get your advice for, for myself, for listeners. You know, how can an individual help with the work and support? What is what are some of the best ways to do that? I'd say first be aware and be present and be mindful and stand up in your own community when you see something. So, for example, like I heard the other day when this guy was talking about another person how the way that old gay dressed. So, checking people when you can, using your privilege when you can. Not everybody has to be a social justice warrior. Not everybody has to lead marches, but I'd say like, be supportive. There are tons of great resources to learn how to become more involved, to learn how to become louder for the LGBTQIA plus community. I would say the Ali Forney Center is great for the LGBT youth, GLAD, LGBT centers that are around the country 
in earlier reference I gave to IGLTA.org, the International Gay and Lesbian Travel Association, you can learn how to get involved and learn how to uh, speak up and really protect our youth because that's where I still see a lot of the trouble. You know, the, the, the mom that I met at Tivoli Gardens of a trans teen that it's not allowed to be themselves. What do they do? You know, they, they get to go to world pride. They get to meet all of these incredible leaders and, and hopefully maybe get to leave Poland, but they, there still has to be, there still has to be existence of queer people in these destinations where they're not allowed or not valid. So there's so much more work to be done. I can't pinpoint exactly what everyone can do, but you can always ask, you can always research yourself and speak up when you see an injustice. Speak up when you see something that's not right. I love it. I, I wanted to get into this sort of best segment. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, we just touched on it a little bit. Uh, I'll start with the, the heavy one, but the rest are, are, are a little bit lighter. But I saw uh, an interview on Instagram where you asked someone what their best advice was for the younger generation, which you just touched on. So I'm just turning it around back on you to see if you had any advice if you're speaking to somebody from uh, from the younger generation here. Yes. Know that it will get better. Know that you are 100% valid. Know that there's no right or wrong way to be queer. If you're going to come out, make sure you come out in a space that is safe, meaning that you are protected. So if you're still living with your parents, God forbid they they kick you out of the house, will you have a place to go? Will you have resources to find a place to go? There's no rush just because inclusivity is in right now. doesn't mean that, that you need to rush coming out. It's your own journey. And just know that life is going to get so much more rad as you get older. Can I ask you about your experience coming out? Yeah. I, Came out to my parents on an airplane, <laughs> full circle. Um, it was not a great experience. They did not react positively to it. I think because we didn't know anyone that was gay. I think because we didn't have any role models. I think because nobody in the mainstream media was queer, was gay, was how I was. And so they were more so worried because in Boston, it's okay to be gay. In New York City, it's okay to be gay. But in other places around the world, people are out to get you. And so that's what my parents were super worried about. Six months later, they came to visit me at school and were like, oh my God, we just met all of these people and they're gay too. They're normal. And we're so sorry. And you know that was their biggest regret to this day of how they responded. But it came from a place of fear. You know, it was, it was hard. It was hard for me. I was 18 years old. I was a freshman in college and I didn't have like my parents backing me. So it was really difficult, but at the same time, I I don't really regret it. I think maybe not doing it on an airplane would be advice that I would give to someone because the whole airplane heard that whole argument. And that was just so awkward and amazing looking back, but just so tragic. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but then my brother and sister were, were incredible about it. And um, they're my biggest support system too. So family ended up being fine. All my friends were like, uh, obviously we were just waiting. <laughs> so, you know, it was fine. And now I have a full-time full career just being gay and being loud. Right. 
<laughs> Amazing. I mean, did you ever consider getting a traditional job ever? Was it ever even? Uh... Well, of course, my dad was always like, what's the backup plan, son? And I'm like, I, I just don't know how I went from a backup from a career as an actor in New York City to a career as a travel host in gay travel. Like that's literally two careers that that are so hard to have a living in. And I'm like, I guess my backup will be <laughs> travel hosting. Um, you know, yeah, there's some days where I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to pay rent? And then there's some months that are like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm making this much money. So I think that it's an ebb and flow. And it's really, it's a humbling, it's a humbling career when you're making it. It's a hard career when you're not both acting and hosting and travel in the, in the travel space, let alone the queer travel space. Yeah. I've thought of, of like, what it would, what would it be like to make like a million dollars, like just sitting at a desk from nine to five. And then I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. Or like a doctor. It's just a lawyer. I mean, I can play one on television, but I just, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do it. So there's sometimes where it, where, where it does cross my mind, but it's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, it's not always easy, especially depending on your background and the way society is is sort of constructed. I feel like a lot of these sort of traditional paths, you get a lot of re- positive reinforcement for those. Not so much necessarily when you're trying to make it as an artist or a creator or something else. <laughs> you know, not easy. All right. Some of your best here. And, and again, this is, we don't have to slot this into the favorite countries thing, but I wanted to hear just right now where you're sitting, you know, you could have a teleport machine or something like that, but what are you know your top three best places to visit? They could be countries, cities, towns in Iowa, okay, okay, whatever. Okay, okay. I got it. <laughs> Bali, Bali, the, for the sunsets, the water, the views, I mean, the Instagram photos, the food, I'm vegetarian, so the food is out of control. And just like the scenery, it's, it doesn't get better than Bali. I would also have to say, I just came back from Copenhagen and I've been there before and I'm just obsessed. It's, it's the architecture is just out of this world. It's a country where people get paid to go to college. There's no, there's no student debt. You get paid to go to college, universal healthcare, an active government that's actively involved in the LGBTQIA plus experience and beautiful men, beautiful men, beautiful men. And then I'd have to say P-Town, Provincetown, Massachusetts. It's, it's gay Disney world. I mean, it, it's really a place for misfits, for weirdos, for anyone in the queer experience it's a magical place on earth. You have, if you haven't experienced it, you got to experience it. And even if you're not in the queer, queer community, like I have a lot of friends that have families and they take their families up there for family week. Every week there's different themes. They have like lesbian week, they have bear week, they have independence week, they have family week and then sailor week. I'm sure they have like a lot more themes that I don't even know about, but the family week is, it's just really cool to meet other family. I mean, I don't have, yeah, I don't have kids, but I've met, you know, parents with kids and that are straight, heterosexual, gay parents. And it's just a, an incredible place to go. Hmm. Nice. Awesome list. I know you have a segment that's, well, I think it's part of the rotation on your various socials, uh, just the tip, 
I believe, just the tips. Is that still just something? The tip, you're doing? Yeah. Just the tips. So I wanted to hear about some of your best just the tips. Okay. Um share a few. Just the tip. I'm going to say if you're going to go to Santiago, Chile, just learn a little Spanish. Learn a little bit like, hello, goodbye. Where's the bathroom? Are you single? <laughs> the basics. I didn't, you know, I thought I spoke a little bit more Spanish than I do. And I went to, you know, I'm always, my rules always don't go to Starbucks if you're in a, in a different city than, than New York. But there was a Starbucks right next to my hotel. So I walked Sometimes in. you got to do it, right? You got to do it. And <laughs> I asked for a coffee. And I I thought I asked for, I don't remember exactly what I said, like, un pito or un pico coffee. And they started cracking up because I asked for penis. <laughs> um, I said penis instead of small. So um, that was... That was just the tip Tuesday. Don't ask for penis unless you want penis. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I will tell you one time, uh, I was my second or third day in my Norwegian language lessons and pretty new to the language. And the teacher, we had to go around and answer what we did. And I tried to say that I had a, a travel site podcast, but actually I said I had a spanking website and podcast about spank. So he kept saying, what in Norwegian? And I said, and I kept saying the word over and over again that I was mispronouncing the travel, the word for travel as uh, apparently that mispronunciation is spanking. So, oh my God. Hey. I mean, I was like, well, maybe I should switch industries. <laughs> oh my God. Spank, spanking show. Spanking podcast. <laughs> there you I go. feel like it would take off really well. <laughs> maybe. All right. Best festivals. And, and we can... And the uh, the best segment here with your best festivals. best festivals. Well, best festivals that I've done. Um, circuit Barcelona. It is a ten day circuit festival. Um, they have girl circuit and they have boy circuit. Uh, where there are these massive, massive parties with the most amount of people around the world coming together to dance and like celebrate life. There was a the and. I'd say that the best party is at this water park um, in Barcelona. And it was just like insane. It was insane. Everybody's, I mean, this is pre-corona. So <laughs> I don't know what it would be like now, but the Circuit Barcelona Festival for sure. Um, another festival that I loved was in Mykonos called Excelsior. This is also a, like a circuit, like a music festival, but it's kind of like take what you will from it you can party all day, all night, every day, or you can, you know, enjoy the sights of Mykonos and go to a couple parties. It's, it was so beautiful being there. I don't know if you, you've been to Greece. We've been to Mykonos. Yeah. Well, not to Mykonos. We've been to Crete. Beautiful. Oh, cool. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just absolutely stunning. And then also I'd say like, uh, at Disney, they have a, Gay Days slash One Magical Weekend. There's two different parties right around the same time. And it's kind of similar, but it's at the theme parks. And so all the gays wear red shirts, signaling that, like, you know, we're all in the same family. And then they have these wild parties that are in the theme parks where they close the parks down for <laughs> for the regular people and the gays take over. And it's, it's super fun. I'd highly recommend yeah. that. 
I saw some of the video you made about that. It looked like a, a crazy, incredible time. And that, that started in the 90s or something, right? Yeah. Somebody started doing that. Yeah. Like you said, come go back to paving the way. Right. Some people paving the way. Last question. When you're, let's say, 90 years old, what, what do you think will matter to you most looking back? I'd say that what I think will matter to me when I'm 90 is how did I make people feel? Because awards, accolades, yada, yada, great. Shows, I can have a million shows on a million networks, great. But was I a dick or was I a good person? Did I want change and did I try to make it happen? Or did I care about myself? So I'd say like how I make people feel. And I think that's a really big thing in general for, for pretty much everyone, you know, like last year I lost my mom and she was the most important person in my life. And she made everyone feel incredible. You know, she immigrated to the United States from, from Israel, having parents that survived the Holocaust and coming here to have a life. And what does that mean? What does, what does have a life mean? Does it mean like having the best job and making the most money? Oh, no, it means making an impact on people. And I think that's really important to me of like, how can I make, how can I do my part to repair the world? How can I do my part to, to share myself with people and share other people's stories through, through my outlets? Yeah, I love that answer. And thank you so much for your time. It was a real pleasure getting to know you. Do you want to just share with everybody where, you know, I know we mentioned at the top, but let everybody know where they can find you or sure. All that well, good thanks stuff. for having me on, Jason. And you can find me on Instagram, Ravi Round the World, not around, round for alliteration. And the same on TikTok and on YouTube, Ravi Around the World. My new series, Ravi's Road to Pride, is also on YouTube as well as the Gaycation Travel Show. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Ravi, and hope we can stay in touch. Yes. Thanks for having me. There you have it. Hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with Ravi Roth. Check him out for sure. Love the work he's doing. It's inspiring. And it's wonderful to see, you know, he said in the interview, he had no queer role models growing up. And look what he's done. I love it. I love it. And things like discrimination, systemic racism, hate, all this stuff, this isn't one group's problem. It's everybody's problem. We all need to be a part of the change. We all need to be a part of solving the problems that we have in our society. And I love that Ravi was able to share even some specific advice around how anybody can really help, how we can be there for our fellow human beings and show up and... I just loved the chat. So thank you, Ravi. If you come through Oslo, let me know. Love to see you again. And hope you enjoyed listening in on the interview. Okay, we got a couple things to get into before I let you go. We're going to have a quote here at the end, of course. And I've also got a little story for you. It's true. I had to check an extra suitcase. This is the ultimate at least in my mind, you know, I'm not like I'm budget traveling all the time, but as, as a budget traveler, somebody who's traveled around with the backpack independently, you like to kind of, you never want to pay more than you have to, right? Even if you can afford it in some situations, even if it's 
just a few dollars more. It's kind of like, eh, they got the better of me there. Mm, why wasn't I smarter? Why wasn't I being a smarter traveler? Well, I had one of those situations happen on my way back from the United States because as I was picking up souvenirs and gifts for my kids and all kinds of random American junk food that I wanted to bring with me, I realized, oh crap, I have a suitcase full of stuff. And I knew I was going to. I knew for weeks. And I actually logged on to the airline website to pay for an extra bag. And when I did that, it was 62 euros, I think, or 60 euros. Then I waited till the day I was flying. I logged on and it was 100 euros, 106 euros. I don't, know, I don't remember the exact numbers, but anyway, I ended up wasting, you can do the conversion into your own currency, something like 45 euros. And man, that's annoying, right? I could buy myself a nice meal for 45 euros. Anyway, all of the uh, important things did make it back, just so you know, in case you were sweating it. You know, all the English books I bought for my kids, the Old Bay seasoning that you can't get here, the Trader Joe's peanut butter cups, the macaroni and cheese, you know, all, all the really vital things <laughs> made it back to Norway. And then it was like Christmas, man. I, I opened that suitcase and my kids were just... What's in there? What's next? The grandparents got them things and all that stuff. So that was pretty sweet. Anyway, uh, don't do that. Don't do what I did. If you need to check an extra bag, pay for it ahead of time. I even looked to, to see if my credit card was able to cover something like that. It's another thing you can do. If you have a credit card that you paid on, it's like a rewards card or something. Sometimes they have those types of perks. Mine didn't, but always worth checking. I did check. I'm like, how am I going to get this 45 euros back? Anyway, <laughs> that's the story. Now I will leave you with this wonderful quote from Ian Hersey Ali, who said, quote, tolerance of intolerance is cowardice. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. Smile, take a chance today. Put yourself out there. Have fun. I'll see you next time. Peace and love. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.